Welcome to Godable, a daily reading of holy texts known in the Unificationist community as Hundoke. Today we are reading from the Champumogyong. Champumogyong, Book 8, North-South Unification and World Peace. Section 3, The Moscow Conference. Proclaiming the End of Communism. During his incarceration at the correctional facility in Danbury, Connecticut, Chufather gave the directive to declare the end of communism. On that basis, beginning on August 13, 1985, the Professor's World Peace Academy, PWPA, hosted its second five-day international conference in Geneva, Switzerland, under the theme, The Fall of the Soviet Empire. Prior to the conference, Chufather met with Dr. Morton Kaplan, president of PWPA International and professor of political science at the University of Chicago, and directed him to hold the meeting proclaiming the collapse of the Soviet Union. As a political scientist, Dr. Kaplan responded to Father by suggesting a modified theme, the Soviet Union may be collapsing. Father, however, said that the conference must proclaim the end of communism. On November 9, 1989, in accord with Father's prediction, more than 50 guard posts along the wall surrounding West Berlin and East Germany were opened. After standing for 28 years, the Berlin Wall, a symbol of the Cold War, began to come down. Furthermore, the breakup of the immense Soviet Union, which had been in existence since 1922, was announced in December 1991. The end of the communist bloc became a reality. Whenever I predicted something would happen, it did. The world advances according to principles. If I say something will happen, it happens without fail. I predicted that communism would not survive its 73rd year. I proclaimed this 40 years ago, and after that 73-year period passed, communism clearly declined. Was this because of my prediction? The principles governing the course of heaven and earth made it happen. This decline occurred exactly at the proper time. What I say is based on the principles by which the world moves. I proclaimed the end of the Soviet Empire, while I was incarcerated in Danbury, this proclamation was made publicly at an international conference of the Professor's World Peace Academy in Geneva. The president of PWPA International was Dr. Morton Kaplan, a famous professor from the University of Chicago. I called him to Danbury and asked him to proclaim the end of the Soviet Empire at the PWPA conference. Dr. Kaplan stated that he was a respected scholar who had written 17 books, and this proclamation would invalidate all of his books. Hence, he could not do it. However, I said, no, wait and see what happens to the Communist Party in the next five years. Dr. Kaplan then suggested modifying the wording to say, the Soviet empire may be coming to an end. He suggested using the word may. My response was, do not use that word. Wait and see what happens to the Communist Party in the next five years. Go ahead and proclaim what I say. For the communist world to crumble, we have to proclaim its end. I said it would crumble in less than five years. The world scholars said they could not understand me. However, after the proclamation, they saw that the world was being transformed. They were unprepared for what has followed. Nowadays, they say, he is a great teacher. He deserves our respect. He is an astonishing and historic person who has laid a foundation upon which we can act based on hitherto hidden knowledge. I stood at the forefront of bringing about the downfall of communism. People all over the world are aware that the downfall of the communist bloc was the result of my contributions. It was neither the work of the United States nor the work of Japan. In an ideological battle, 
it is important to vanquish the opponent's ideology. That is why it was necessary to have underground movements in China and the Soviet Union. The Unification Church began underground movements in China and the Soviet Union several decades ago. The Soviet Union's KGB and China's intelligence agency were unaware of these activities. Following the collapse of the Soviet Union, they asked, was Reverend Moon involved in the underground activities in Russia? I undertook and carried out those underground activities without anyone's knowledge, and eventually, results came. I prepared in accordance with the world's state of affairs. I wish to liberate even the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. This liberation is achieved not through fighting, but through the logic of love. This is Godism, my philosophy. Since we have this philosophy, there is nothing for us to envy in the entire universe. Loneliness cannot conquer us, and the waves of death are shattered by godism. The entire communist bloc is mobilizing around a movement to eliminate me, but I know the path I need to take. Which path can lead this world out of its confusion and into life? When humanity follows the man and woman of oneness who represent this world and who have God's love intoxicating their consciences and moving in their bodies, everything will be solved. They will expand to give birth to God's nation. I was incarcerated in Danbury in 1984, at a time when the United States was the target of a 12-year-long effort aimed at communizing the country. I turned this around. The year 1984 was the crucial year in the communists' plan to stomp on the United States. Satan imagined that by incarcerating me, he could act as he pleased. However, things did not go according to Satan's plan. While I fought the legal battle, I founded the Washington Times and proclaimed the inexorable decline of the Soviet Union. Russia hosts media representatives. From April 9 to 13, 1990, two parents hosted an assembly in Moscow, as they had proclaimed they would, on the heels of the Washington Monument Rally. 41 current and former heads of state and more than 600 guests, including media officials, politicians, and scholars from 60 nations, gathered at the International Trade Center in Moscow to attend the combined 11th World Media Conference, 3rd Conference of the Summit Council for World Peace, and 9th Conference of the Association for the Unity of Latin America, AULA. What the citizens of the Soviet Union need most is God. Since atheism has destroyed their value as individual persons, now they must understand God. This is the unfolding of God's plan. Since I know that the heart of God yearns for these citizens to be informed, I have treated them with a heart greater than my heart for my father, mother, brothers, and sisters. This situation is akin to that of a prodigal son who ran away and then returned home after 73 years. I fulfilled the role of the parent who welcomed the prodigal son, clothed him, placed a ring on his finger, and fed him. I proclaimed that we would hold a rally in Moscow, and therefore I have been preparing to visit there. This is why, before visiting the Soviet Union, I launched the International Conference on the Unity of the Sciences, the World Media Association, Minority Alliance International, and the Summit Council for World Peace. When visiting Moscow, I will lead a delegation of 50 former heads of state and prime ministers. It means that if I extend my hand, the General Secretary of the Communist Party will not be able to refuse my handshake. Entering the country accompanied by several thousand of our European frontline church members, we will be able to hold a rally in Moscow. I am preparing for this event. Following Gorbachev's announcement of Glasnost and Perestroika, the conference is held in April 1990 by the World Media Association and the Summit Council for World Peace were the first events that outsiders held in Moscow. Representatives from the Soviet Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the KGB, 
Novosti Press Agency, and others attended the event. A senior aide to Gorbachev told me that he was aware that I had worked tremendously hard over the past 40 years, despite great persecution. He said that he could return to the Soviet Union, translate the divine principle into simple language, and distribute 30 million copies to young people through the Communist Party. If he did that, he said he could gather more young people than the Unification Church had witnessed to in the past 40 years. I did not go to the Soviet Union to praise it or to glorify the policies of Glasnost and Perestroika. I declared, the Soviet Union will perish unless it knows about God. God and the entire spirit world were closely observing what was going on. What would become of me if I praised the Soviet Union? I had to say, listen to me, serve heaven. That was the only way the spirit world could say, okay. According to the Novosti Press Agency, the conference in Moscow was 10 times more successful than they initially predicted. We set a record unprecedented in Soviet history. Furthermore, members of the Soviet KGB, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and Novosti Press Agency, as well as the heads of various agencies, expressed their amazement over this event. They wondered, how did they accomplish this? They thought the Communist Party was the best, but this was a wake-up call for them. From this perspective, they recognized that I am a person who deserves great respect. Officials of the Novosti Press Agency invited me as a VIP, gave me gifts, and expressed how grateful they were. Thus, I held the Soviet Union in my hands. We could see the fruit born of the indemnity conditions we had established. I met the members of the Communist Party and melted their hearts. The whole world recognizes this. The democratic world also needs to be saved by my hands. Gorbachev, of the Soviet Union, must be saved as well. In order to succeed in this daring venture, we have to save these people, who are in the position of prodigal children, with the heart of a parent. It is the same with Kim Il-sung. In 1987, Gorbachev and Kim Il-sung planned to assassinate me. They were my enemy among enemies. Even while that attempt on my life was still under investigation, I visited Moscow and North Korea in broad daylight. In the United States, the FBI and CIA were shocked and beseeched me not to go. However, as a religious leader, I have a responsibility. I had to go and turn the key that would lead to the salvation of their people. Following the victorious conference held in Moscow from April 9 to 13, 1990, we hosted rallies to welcome true parents all over the nation of Korea. The Moscow meeting may have been a victory, but what is its relevance to the Korean people? The victory of the Moscow Assembly is neither my victory as an individual nor a victory for the Unification Church. This assembly brought victory to Korea, victory to Asia, and victory to the world. However great a global victory it may be, it did not begin at the global level and then trickle down. It began at the individual level and rose up to the global level. Although the history that has unfolded since then may be considered tremendously great, this history began on the individual level. What kind of person am I? The person who initiated the Moscow events. God leads the providence, and his will is to unite the free world, the democratic world, into one. God's will is for North and South Korea to become one. God's will is for religions, which are filled with schisms, to become one. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godable. Godable is brought to you by the National Victory Fund and support from listeners like you. To donate, visit godable.org. Thank you.